Okay, have you ever needed a whiteboard to just dump all of your brain onto and then have the whiteboard magically organize itself? Perhaps present that magically organized board to your team or your family or anyone who is trying to understand what's happening on the inner workings of your brain as a visionary. Well, I found the perfect solution. And I won't say perfect because nobody's perfect, but boy, do I love her and does she get it right. Brittany Stinson is a dear friend who I just love to learn from because she helps me not feel so crazy in all of my visionary antics, but also how to help deploy vision and thought and projects out to my team. And so we have an incredible conversation in today's podcast that I know is going to serve you. And it's also going to talk to you a bit about how do you infuse that faith and that lens into the way that you show up, right? We're meant to have more clarity. We're meant to actually help our teams have that synchronicity. And that's how Jesus exampled it for us. And so I know that what Brittany is doing on behalf of all of the founders, innovators, and trailblazers, not only here in Fit and Faith, but in the network and in the greater world, in the nations, she's doing it beautifully. She's doing it with joy and she's doing it alongside one of my also favorite humans, her husband, Daryl Stinson, who we've had on the podcast too. So be sure to go listen to both. Enjoy this episode and get in touch with Brittany if you need to uh, get back to that drawing board because she's going to help you so much. Quarterly, monthly, anytime you have a new project, I assure you. And this isn't a pitch. It's a pitch. It's a pitch from me to you, not from her to you because <laughs> I know what she's done for me. And I love you guys. Thanks for being here. Chat soon. Welcome to the Fit and Faith Podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Well, if you weren't woke up, you're woke up now. I know. <laughs> I'm that... so used to podcasting in the afternoon, and I was like, okay, let's go. What's up? <laughs> Brittany Stenson so in the house, Hi. So much I so need that intro like you. any room. I'm like, play that, and then I'll come in. There's no way exactly. you can feel down. <laughs> no. All the confidence in the world, right. and that we actually gift it to you afterwards, so you'll get it as a part of being on the show. We're super grateful for you being it. here and spending that extra time with us because I know it's hard to come up with this like little space, this little chunk to come and do something maybe abnormal, but also unplanned, right? Like this is an unscripted show. You're like, what are we going to talk about? I yeah, <laughs> I have been wondering for a couple of days, like. What's in our back pocket? What are we going to talk about? <laughs> I honestly don't keep things in my back pocket because I like the way my tush looks without the panty lines. 
You ever think like, man, my phone is not flattering. Yes, back it there. drives me yeah. nutty, actually. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. I literally was just thinking about that. I added like one of those like wallet uh, phones mm. to the back. So now it's like a really huge thing going on yeah. back there. <laughs> like we need to yeah. figure this out, people. <laughs> the most important things in life, right? right. <laughs> Welcome yeah, yeah. to the Fit and Faith podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, though, I'm I'm super excited to have you here. And interesting enough, um, without knowing that you were on the show this week, your name was in a room that you weren't in. Ooh. And I was uh, I was hosting a podcast retreat. We had eight people from around the country here. And we were talking about like content mapping and planning and execution. And I was like, actually, I have someone that you guys probably need to get in touch with. And so I was talking about your process and your strategy um, not only as a consultant, but just as a supporter, like I, I, you have that supporter tendency within, within you that is more calming. And even in the intro trailer, what was saying, like, free your mind and get stuff off your plate. It's so who you are, like the essence of who you are. And so it's so neat that you get to activate in that for entrepreneurs and really founders, innovators and trailblazers, hence the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, so let's chat about that. Let's chat about like where that support role kind of emerged and how it now is what you get to do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. So um, I've worked in a lot of different places uh, throughout my career. So from a hospital and a support staff in an emergency room, when you like legitimately cannot mess up, like we're doing chest compressions and you need to know the time and the medicine and like things that are very intense. So it's like, you have to be very on. Yeah, this is life and, or death. And, yeah. yeah this is in play, right. <laughs> yeah. All, I mean, all the way to things that are not nearly as crucial in terms of like support roles. And then to be on the other side of it and to be in a space of leading and managing and, and you know, leading a team. And so I, I feel like I understand both sides. And so I understand why it's important that you come from a place of like, you may think that you communicated one thing and your team may think a completely different thing. And so my gift is that like, I can see where the gaps are and I can see like, no, they, they didn't get it. Like they really didn't get it. <laughs> and so we need to like really get all of the things out on the table, have an actual conversation. What's like the conversation beneath the conversation. Mm, so and real. then we can move through things more effectively. Um, and that what you're describing of like uh, support or like holding space for people. We were at this event a few weeks ago and we were talking about like, what's the, you know, what's the medicine that you give people? Like, you know, there's a lot of different like analogies you could yeah, use for it, but that, that, yeah, it was really good. Right. He was like, you know, what's the medicine that you bring to people? And that was one that I had written down, you know, they gave us space to like journal and think and reflect. And so I wrote down holding space for people. And then, you know, they're like further in the event. And they're like, why do you think that that's your medicine? And I sat with it for a minute. And I was like, that's the medicine that I think I want the most. And so I give it to people as often as I can. And I think that most of the time, whatever we feel like is our greatest gift to the world, we need it just as badly. Like we need the medicine oh, that we give so to the world. True. And it's yeah, because we're so. depleting ourselves of the medicine, right? Like we're literally giving it away. But I do believe that so much we were having the conversation and like the same exact concept is like, 
the nemesis within our business or the nemesis within our life is often how we can easily support other people in same thing. Like if it's, you're giving marriage advice and your marriage is crumbling, you're giving health and wellness advice, but you haven't had water yet today, like all of this stuff. And it's because we're good at serving other people We're I think mm-hmm. we're better at that than we are at serving ourselves and not in a self love, you know, self inflation way, but just in like a, take care of yourself way. And so to think mm-hmm. of it as medicine, I really, really love that. And, and I've yeah. known you now and seen you in so many different environments. And even as a mom of three, like I've seen you give that and, and pour that in and giving space, I think is such a critical thing as a mom and a mompreneur and a wife and a wifepreneur, right? Like all the, things, <laughs> all the roles that we get to play, all the hats that yeah. we get to wear. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was, I was talking to somebody else. I was like, um, I think you need a graphic and I think you need to literally draw like a bunch of different hats on your head and then give the label on each hat. And I think that would hopefully let people see like you are, all, it was for his brand, but I was like, you know, there, there's so much more to you than just what maybe this one lane of people gets to meet. And, and these other lanes that make you who you are add so much value to this one lane that you get to see me in. But like, well, I was texting you a while ago. I was like, I started this entirely separate business Instagram page. And I'm like, this is not working. Like I have like a whole life and this is not working. So it's like, I, you know, sometimes it's about my kids. Sometimes it's about me and my husband. Sometimes it is about business. But I, so I just, I put a little peace out sign on the other one. And I was like, come (laughs) see me over here. It's the recognition of this idea of personal branding, right? And and we were having this conversation in the Joyful Entrepreneur Program earlier this week is like, which one do I do? Where do I stay? Where do I fit? And in your personal brand, you always fit no matter what hat you're wearing versus a business brand. It feels like you have to position yourself all the time, mm. right? You've got to get buttoned up. You've got to get the right outfit on. You've got to get the right persona in. But I don't believe that that's the way that Jesus ever rolled, right? When he walked mm-hmm. into a specific environment or a specific room, he was just him. Mm-hmm. And he might have used a parable to create connection with the person in the room so that it met them where they're at. We're not going to walk on stage at a business conference and talk about being a mom. Maybe, maybe not. I get mm-hmm. to do that tomorrow, actually, in Charlotte. Coincidentally, mm-hmm. I did not mean to use that analogy. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, I actually am doing that. But that... Yeah. Then let's think about something else. We're not going to go talk to a football team and tell them about ballet. Or maybe mm-hmm. you are. Hey, maybe you are. That right? probably would help you a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> maybe the point is all like a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that awesome. Funny. But truly, it's the knowing that like you don't have to fit yourself in a box when you're creating a brand. Like you mm. are your brand, and there's so much more ease to that. So I'd love to like talk through how we've even had some offline conversations about how you're fitting your faith and your spirituality and your Christianity and your belief system into your business, even though it's not necessarily a precursor to your brand as mm-hmm. mine, mine kind of is like, there's no denying faith when you say faith in your, mm-hmm. in your title. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that exploration and that journey. Yeah. So I think that um, it like you said, we bring us into whatever, you know, avenue of business that we're in, like you, it's, it's impossible, I've learned now to separate the two. And so knowing that that's who I am at my core, and that's where I come from, 
in my beliefs, in my values, in my integrity, in the way that I want to protect certain hours of my day, or I want to protect the weekend, or there are things that are just non-negotiables because I believe that Jesus said we can have this abundant life that we're full of joy. And so I don't feel like anything that my business may bring me should contradict what he said that I can have. And so it's not like on the top header of my website, but knowing me as a Christian, as a person who is a believer, you'll get that in every conversation because that's, I mean, he's speaking through me all the time, you know, um, the same thing with the medicine and, you know, the, that's what the Bible says. Like you, you water other, you refresh others so that you'll be refreshed. So I think these are principles that are just so ingrained in us as a believer that you, you mostly are probably getting Bible, but it doesn't maybe sound like it. I maybe right. didn't give you a, a right. you know, a chapter and a verse. <laughs> totally. I was listening to um, Sarah Jakes of Roberts the other day and she was like, yo, I'm going to come up with the abonics version of the Bible. And I think it's going to be a number one bestseller, just like the rest of them. And she was basically just talking about how if we were to utilize common phrase, right, it, it actually can still resonate with the people who are only hearing in that specific language. Mm-hmm. And no tribe or tongue won't hear his name, right? And so let's speak abonics and help people figure it out and unlock something inside of them to say, mm. whoa, I need more of that. Where did that come from? Well, we're always going to have to point back to God. We're always going to be pointing back to Jesus. So whether that's the ESL version or the message translation or the new, I mean, it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately knowing that anytime I read the word in a different translation, it speaks to me different. And so it's the mm-hmm. same thing when we as mouthpieces of the Lord do the same thing. We're speaking in a different phraseology. And so I just think that that's really helpful One of the things that you said that I want to extrapolate on a bit, because I think it's important for people to understand, is you said, I don't believe that anything that comes into my business should contradict the word. Mm -hmm. And when we think of the overwhelm as a leader and you being a strategist to help people grow and impact from a mission-driven perspective, that's really the missional entrepreneurs is who you love to serve. We find ourselves in places of stagnancy, of overwhelm. We're like knee deep in all the ish. And Mm -hmm. it's often because we add it to our own plates, you know, and because we're visionaries, because we're ideators, because we're creative, all these things are flying at us a million miles a minute. And if I'm speaking to myself, okay, I don't know who I'm talking to, but (laughs) is that I'm like, I want to do all of them. And they're Mm -hmm. all a priority, right? They is looking at me like, what is wrong with you? We just launched something last week. Why are we launching something three (laughs) days from now? Right. And so talk us through kind of the methodology and how you show up to serve, because I think clearing the table, clearing our minds a bit and giving us systems and order and process is something we really need as, as creatives, as creative founders. Yeah, I, man, there's so much there. I love it. I love this conversation. So first of all, you know, that all of these amazing ideas are, are God inspired. I mean, maybe they're not all God inspired, but for the most part, God gave you your creativity. Right. And so like you, like, there's no reason to turn that down. There's no reason to tone that down because that's not who you are. And that's not who he asked you to be. Like, if he asked you to live in black and white, you would be like, 
no, like this is not, no, no. no. look at me, I'm in a rainbow. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's the opposite of how he created you. So it doesn't make sense to work against the grain. Like if you, if, if you're at the point where you're like, Hey, I'm super overwhelmed and I need your help of like free my mind, get stuff off my plate. I'm having decision fatigue and I feel super weighed down by the chaos and the clutter. Like that's where I come in. But I understand that like, I cannot force you. I cannot dim your light. I cannot ask you to go against the way that God made you. Like you're going to have ideas all the time. I live with a person who is an entrepreneur, serial (laughs) entrepreneur. So it's, it's painful to you for me to ask you to slow down. And so my work is that we just need to get it all out give it space again. Like I want to give it all the space that it deserves. And then you just have to trust that as we make this plan, maybe this isn't going to happen in Q1 or Q2, but we will get there. And so the first step really is like this massive brain dump where you just like get all the things out, like random fit inside the box, fit outside the box, like whatever you feel like is on your heart, your mind, even a whisper of an inspiration, like, let's just get it all out. And then we can make a plan because now you do actually have to sit down and you only have X amount of hours in the day. And to tell your team, Hey, I have 10 priorities for the next 90 days. No, that is not possible. That's not a thing. Not realistic because all 10 will be super mediocre. And then you as the visionary will be like, this isn't what I saw. Right. I dreamed of all yes. of these things. So. So that's my work is like giving you the space and, and allowing you to dream because that's how you're gifted and created. And then we just make it into an actual strategy that we can follow this roadmap. And along the way, there may be some course adjustments or things aren't moving as quickly as you wanted them to, or, you know, whatever that looks like, there's a way to readjust, but we know that as we stay in the flow, we're following God, we're following our creativity, and we've made a plan. So things aren't going to get dropped, which I think is the biggest fear. That's why you put 10 things on the list because you're like, I don't want to not see it come to pass. Well, it will. It just won't happen this 90 days. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Like yesterday, it needed to happen yesterday. Um, As you were talking, and you, you totally have to use this phraseology, even if it's just on a post, but I, I heard in my spirit, the word excellence. And so Mm. execute your dreams with excellence, Mm. right? That's really what you're helping people do is executing. Yes, because we want, we're action takers. We want to make it happen. We want to see it yesterday, Mm -hmm. but with excellence and excellence has a pace to it. And Mm. if we're associating excellence to the work that God did, even he had a plan day Mm -hmm. one through day seven, even he had a plan when it came to raising Lazarus from the dead, right? He waited, he waited, he waited, Tamara, I'm speaking to today, patience, patience, right? It's this knowing that there is a process to it. And so as you were talking this morning, I was actually spending time in Mark and it was talking about the fig tree. It's been the last two days where I've, I've just kind of been dissecting what does this mean and why does Jesus approach this tree and get mad at it to the point that he puts it into a place of withering. And he's like, you didn't have what I needed from you. You're actually falsely blossomed. He, The fig tree was out of season. And so the fig tree was appearing as if because it had all of its leaves, but no fig. 
Mm. And so this is like a call to the church. It's a call to us individually. Are we pre-blossoming something that's not actually ready to be bared, right? And I don't know if bared Mm. is the right phrase or text of it, but knowing that you're not ready. It's not ready. It's not fully excellence. And therefore you're actually falsely advertising even God's glory Mm. because you're trying to either harvest something too quickly or it's not in its right season. And Mm. so really, if we could think through, like you were saying, like we want to see something grown and we want it to come to fruition. And there is a pace and a process to that. And a part of it is understanding that the dream isn't void. It just might be the seeding season season for it right now. Mm -hmm. And all the work that happens in that planting happens beneath the surface. And so what can we be doing on an internal realm in order to have that come to fruition later? Mm. Um, So clearly this is a message for me. Thanks for tuning (laughs) in to my therapy session with Brittany Stinson. (laughs) But it's really important. And yeah. so I'm thinking through some of the amazing projects that you've been able to work on, you know, helping with six figure projects, helping with best selling authors and their book launches. Like that doesn't happen overnight. You don't say, I want a best selling book and then you have a best selling book tomorrow. Mm-hmm. There is so much that goes into it. Yeah. And you know, yeah, because you're this. Yep. And so you know, yep. like the hours and the pain and the time. Yep. And, and I think, well, being on actually both. Yeah, being on both sides, being on the rush side, yeah, and having pushed a project out really quickly, and then like specifically one book I'm thinking of, and it goes to print, and it's like this makes sense. We're just gonna hurry and grind through it. But you, like, well, I physically cannot catch every error in a book under a time crunch. Mm-hmm. Like, like, so doing the launch, having to do a reprint knowing that the first X amount of copies went out wrong, that's painful. Mm, that's so tough. So why Yeah, that's why converting that? something, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's be so, in, yes. In, in, the, in the gestational phase longer, right? You need to be in utero longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's, there's like, they say you get one chance for, you know, first impression or whatever launch. I don't know that that's true. I think you can give it some love and come back and relaunch that always exists for grace. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't think it's like, well, we missed it and we'll never get another shot. The first iteration of Tamara Andress. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, but I do think it's like, if, if you know that there's a chance and you, because it's fear, I think that's all it is. I think when people rush, it's fear because you had a goal, you had a, perception of when you wanted this to be out you have a fear that you'll miss clients because this thing didn't want whatever there's a million fears around why we feel the need to rush and if you detach yourself from the outcome and you say do I care more about this big built up full of tension thing now that I want to be the outcome or what's the best case scenario what's the impact I'm trying to make How can we, like you said, with excellence, execute this really well so that it serves people the absolute best way that it can? Then whatever the outcome, you're satisfied, you're happy because you know that you gave the product that was the best that it could be. And so detaching from that is really tough when it's your baby, but... But it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that even when we were going through coaching together... 
um, and helping bring this, even this ideation to life the way that it was, was I was actually taking note of like how I was serving my team in that season because you came to me with like, Bleh, here's everything that I've experienced from all of these different lenses. And this is what needs to be constructed that has not yet been constructed. And I don't really know somebody in the market who's doing it this way. And I loved that process of like developing it with you. But I was taking inventory of how am I actually casting vision? And when I'm casting vision, do the people within my team actually know what they're responsible for? Mm. And is there a clear roadmap moving forward? Because mm. this is the next layer of having all these ideas. Are there people in position and are they in the right position? Or mm-hmm. are you just placing them into that space so that it can be done rather than that it can be done with excellence? Yeah. And so I actually just hired someone new um, in the past couple of weeks because I was realizing that my team's capacity and the positions that they were in, they couldn't play utmost excellence because that wasn't their zone of genius. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me about even when you're curating, I keep every time I think of you, I think of a massive whiteboard. Because (laughs) you bring everything on the whiteboard that just floods out of us into order. And then there's that process mapping that happens. How do you help with the team development from like helping them get on board and get in position behind the visionary? Yeah, I think it starts with the, well, I think you need buy-in first. Like if you don't have team buy-in before we go in to do like a team sync day, we can do all the things and you can you can feel like we went through all the stuff and we have a really great plan and the team is in alignment. But if there's no buy-in and there's no honesty, it's going to feel good for like two months. And you're going to be like, what the heck? We just did all this and worked with Brittany. Like what is wrong? So it's, it's first it's buy-in and it's this culture of honesty and knowing that like your team, knowing that they can be honest with you about like, Hey, Tamara, this is what you've put on my plate. I don't feel fully equipped to do that. Or I don't, I want to say I don't love it. I think there's always things in a job that you don't love to do. But I think there's a there's a difference when it's like, you're chronically giving me this thing. And I feel like I'm underperforming all of the time. That Mm -hmm. is a point when it's like, this probably should move to someone else. Or like, in your case, you just hired someone. So if we come in and we're like, okay, we're going to put all of our cards on the table as a team because we've all bought into the fact that we believe in this mission and vision. We're going to be honest with each other about what's frustrating or what we love or, you know, like a really great indicator is like how many meetings after the meeting are you having? Like the team met and now who's having like this side meeting where the actual stuff comes out that can all happen inside of this space of like, let's, you know, sync up. And, and so then visionary has the dreams and they put the things in place and they're like, okay, this is what the priorities are going to be. And, and then you can say, okay, you love this. You said you love this. Is this still accurate? You said that you don't love this, but you're willing to do it in the short term, maybe until we have another person. So that's like, if there's no honest dialogue and team buy-in and a plan from you that they trust, like that's, thing the culture of trust they trust you that they said that you will find them a solution if they keep you know taking one for the team for the short term or whatever the plan is they trust you that 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 they that their concerns were heard 
And then I think everything moves way more efficiently because you don't have to come to work feeling like, oh, I can't really speak my mind or I've, I feel like I need to avoid it because I don't really know what I'm doing and she's not going to give me the support I need. But that stuff is all eradicated. Like we got it all out on the table. Yeah. Projects with honesty. And I think that there's like even an entire like element to what you were saying. And even the intro video of like, let's put it all on the table. Let's put it all out there. Let's open up. And and it's not just to extrapolate the ideas. It's to extrapolate the stories that we're telling ourselves associated to the ideas, Mm -hmm. which is perhaps the fear from the visionary. And then also the fear from the team of like, I think I'm going to be putting in all this work, but I'm not going to be getting paid more. Or I have to do this. I uh, was just exposed to the idea of critiquing your talents or critiquing your task, not your talents, in a like, loathe, or love category. What do you Mm -hmm. like to do? What do you loathe doing? And what do you love to do? And then formulating your um, operational, you know, day to day from there. And understanding that if you're spending all your time on the loathe category, and like, I love that you said, you know, there are seasons where we have to do the things we don't like to do. Mm -hmm. And there are seasons that you get to do a lot of what you love. But I think it's those stories associated to the limiting beliefs and the fears that if we don't get those pieces out, then even that vision won't be carried out well. And Mm -hmm. so while there might be a really great roadmap to the vision, if the people carrying the vision to fruition aren't on board. It's going to be like the Israelites were stuck in the desert for 40 years, right? And we can't get to the promised land because Mm. the people weren't stewarding the promise of that moment well. Um, And so I just, I find that really interesting. And I don't even know when we were dissecting your framework, if that was a part of what we discussed, but I really think it should be something to tap into. You said, let's sync up. I think that's another really cool tagline Mm -hmm. that you could be utilizing from like that tech, we're all tech oriented, even if you're not tech technically sound, <laughs> we've got that idea of synchronicity. We've got that idea of like, this has to connect to this in order for this, for this video quality to turn out this way. Everything has to be connected and synced together. Mm-hmm. And that feels seamless. That feels like there's synergy. And so understanding that the team has to be there before we ever say yes to the vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it can happen like, like in a VIP day setting, like if we just, you know, like we know we're really going to take a deep dive and, and then in a continual, like we need to continue this conversation. This is not a one and done. Yeah. Maybe that can like crack it open Yeah. and things came out, you know, like your first session in therapy and you're like, whoa, there's a <laughs> totally. lot it just came out, but then yeah. you need to keep going back because yes. it's like, we didn't fix it. We didn't work <laughs> through it in one time, but as a team, as a leader, knowing like, okay, they trusted me with their stuff and their concerns. And so now we can continue to do check-ins. Where are you at? There's actually this really cool app. I don't remember the name of it, but it's like, um, it's for larger teams and you can uh, send out anonymous, like, Hey, how are you feeling about this? And then they give like little emoji responses or whatever. And you take a, I think it's called pulse. You take your team's pulse anonymously oh, all the time that. yeah it's very cool. cool and um so you can just so that's a great I mean that's you could do that in a lot of ways yeah sure, sure. but the point is like how do you how do you consistently check in because trust will erode if you say we're doing this thing and then you don't check back in with me mm, it's like but you but good. we opened up we had a big day and it all came out 
like what you said you cared like what happened right you didn't know you were going to therapy today (laughs) (laughs) you are welcome to the fit and faith podcast so it yeah so so accurate i love that statement trust will erode Mm -hmm. you know you said earlier building a culture of trust and i think if we don't do that primarily none of these dreams none of these visions can come to fruition and I want to speak to the solopreneur who doesn't have a team yet. Mm-hmm. You have to be building a culture of trust with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's like building that social contract, saying that you're going to do something and actually following through. Because if you don't trust yourself and you're not actually being a man of your word is what we say in our household. Are you being a man of your word from the song, um, which is so good by Maverick City, um, is, is this knowing that if you can't trust yourself, how do you anticipate hiring people who can't trust you mm. likely either because you're not mm. following through? The follow through is the trust, right? And it's the same with, you know, we, we expect getting saved, being baptized. Okay, I'm washed white. And now I can go off and adventure back because God will forgive me again, right? You can venture back into that old mindset, Mm. back into that old way of living, back into those old habits. And then you're just going to come back and forth and you're going to live a to and fro lifestyle and no one is going to trust you. It's the same thing with the boy who cried wolf, right? Like no one could trust him because he was waving a white flag of surrender. That was a lie. And then when it actually was time to help him, nobody was there. And so I hate to see someone who's in that solopreneur journey not keep themselves in that place of integrity to trust themselves enough to follow through with the dream. And Mm -hmm. honestly, this happens a lot, even from a perspective of like podcasters, right? I'll have all these podcasters in a room. We'll bring the podcast to life. We'll put it on Apple, like everywhere. Everyone can hear it. The pilot is ready. It's out into the world. They maybe get one or two shows done. And then three months later, I'm like, whatever happened to so-and-so, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. happened. And there's a limiting belief. There's an excuse that follows suit. And then you stop and something else gets your attention. And now you're trying to start cultivating something new. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes, we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points. What they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in real life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action 
action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation, so get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference, but you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. to talk to us about the the person who consistently is starting something new and never actually bringing the things to fullness of life, fullness of victory. Well, first of all, let me be the one to raise my hand because you and I had this heart to heart back in like, I think it was November maybe. Yeah. You're like, hey, we did a lot of stuff. Like, what, like, where are you at? What's up? <laughs> like, yeah. like, what happened? Where, there was so much momentum. There was so much happening. What happened? And it, that's exactly what happened was a limiting belief. And I appreciated that you spoke to it. And so that's what I would say is like, get people in your corner in your life that are going to ask you like, hey, what's up? You were on this path. This is what you said that you really wanted to do. And, and self-trust is like, has been a constant thing for me in, in not just business, but in like all these areas. Cause obviously I think the way we do anything is the way we do everything. And it's a, again, your, your life is woven together. Things permeate into each other. They're not, you know, in silos. And so, um, even in like my, Oh, thunder outside. I heard that. I didn't (laughs) hear that. (laughs) Um, So I was reading this book, How to Do the Work. And in the beginning, she talks about this woman and she's sick and she has these health conditions and they don't think she's ever going to get back up off the couch again. And so they tell her to, um, well, I think the doctors told her something wasn't going to get better, but she changed her mind. That's not what it was going to be. And I'm butchering the story. But the, the point is she started to, with baby steps, she began to drink a glass of water in the morning every day. She's like, I know that if I can trust myself to begin to take back control of my health, and if I can start somewhere, then I can build on that momentum. And so she made a commitment to herself and she was drinking this glass of water every day before like coffee or food or anything else. And, and then that habit led to another thing led to another thing. And eventually she was up and she was dancing and she was like moving again. And, you know, she, she had her life back. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it's an amazing story. So I started drinking my glass of water in the morning. <laughs> like if yes. this lady can do it, I can do it. Like self-trust is so awesome. important because like you said, if you want to hire a team member, but you can't trust yourself first, how many things are you going to be putting on them that need to come from you? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get an assistant because they'll hold me accountable. Yeah. Well, that's not their job. Yeah. That's your job. That's like I'll get, I'll, you know, I'll get a team member because then they'll remember. Well, yeah, but how much is you not stepping into what you're afraid of? Like, I don't think any of us are negligent, bad people. I think at the root of most of our dysfunction is this fear and insecurity around whatever it is that is, is causing the actual dysfunction. So, 
you know, I don't know what that looked like for me back in November. I'm sure it was like 10 limiting beliefs, but it's like, that's what I needed to address. It wasn't the website. It wasn't the post. It wasn't the work. I can get in and do the work. What is keeping me from telling people about what I can do? Yeah, that's the root cause that I needed to have a conversation with myself about. And I was breaking trust when I said I was going to do something and then not do it. I'm eroding trust with myself. And so you just have to start somewhere. So it's me and my glass of water every morning now. (laughs) I love that so much. And I think about like the brilliance factor of understanding like our own individual abilities, right? Like understanding that and actually having a conversation and doing the work around your zone of genius so that you are actually shining brightest because there are elements of yourself that like we either aren't sharing and then therefore it doesn't have an opportunity to ever be buffed out and shine because we're not even putting it into action um, or we're constantly sitting in this one side of ourself. And there's a whole other element that needs to be focused on. So realizing that we're a 360 human, realizing that there is more elements to ourselves that maybe we're not even tapping into that we should be because we've never seen it happen or we've never thought about bringing it to life in that specific context. And so even tomorrow, as I was talking about that concept of mompreneurship that I'm sharing tomorrow, I think a lot of people get inundated as women or men, even as you, they carry the father role and the husband role, no different than we do as a, as a mother and a wife. Um, but there is certain societal expectations alongside that, that we are expected to show up and cook dinner every night, or we're expected to be the ones getting the kids stressed and putting them on the bus or taking them to school. And it's like, where did those expectations derive from? And why are you keeping them as uh, something that's keeping you in a straight jacket in those specific roles? And when mm-hmm. we can actually break free and become, I've recognized that one of my you know, unique, you know, unique talents, and I do this every day through business, is to help people say yes to the bigger passions or the bigger ideas or the bigger dreams on their life. And so why can I not as a mother start to do that now with my children? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to wait for them to be, you know, a young, young, young bucks in the world of entrepreneurship? <laughs> They're young bucks mm-hmm. now at seven mm-hmm. and eight. And so I've been starting to talk to them about like, what are they passionate about? What do they think they can serve the world with right now? And we started erecting businesses together right now because why wait? Right. Mm -hmm. And so how can what we're doing in the professional setting or in our marriage life or as a mother then be added into the different parts of who we are in business or who we are in those other hats? Um, I just think that there's a lot to that specific example and understanding Mm -hmm. that you don't have to do the one thing and the one thing, but actually all the things and all the places, not as a sense of overwhelm and not as a sense of further task. But just exploring, I think, more Mm -hmm. is what it's about. Yeah, yeah. And I think that when you, uh, I mean, if you have a spouse, I think when you come together and you're like, hey, we need to be really clear about like this, you know, these are the tasks that we have to do. These are the things that we get to do. And we, we find like, okay, you're really amazing at this. Is that like the the gender stereotypical role that does this? Maybe not, but but we have an agreement in our home that like, you're just way better at it than me. So who cares who does it, you know? Um, 
And I think in terms of our kids, like, man, they watch everything we do. It's so crazy. Like I'll be working and my, my, well, she's almost four, but she'll be, she has this little fake laptop and she's sitting there and she's like, mom, I'm working. And I'm like, it's so funny because if I did something else, you know, well, when I used to work at the hospital, I was like in a admin role, but they think I was a doctor. And so I don't correct them, you know, (laughs) (laughs) prophetic, prophetic. So they're like, you know, if, but if they saw me come home in scrubs every day, that's what they're playing is doctor. And so they watch everything we do. So absolutely, like, invite them in, let them be in the midst of the conversation. Like, hey, why? Why are you working late at night? Why are you working on a Saturday? Well, because um, the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, we have the freedom as entrepreneurs to go do, you know, the park and ice cream. Like, I that's not... That this we do this because we also get to do this and so they understand like they know what the word entrepreneur means like it's a big one and we practice saying it but this this is what the conversation we're having in our home and um so you know my eight-year-old she's like well I want to do some chores for to make some money and I'm like well I I thought about it and then my husband was like or you love to do art. Why don't you make some crafts and then we'll sell your crafts because this is what you love to do. Don't you think that makes a lot more sense than like work, like trading your like time for dollars. So we're having these conversations all the time. I, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. We, we are very much about affirmations and I think for somebody listening who either doesn't have little beings around them all the time or, or even a a significant other, it's this recognition that like, if you're looking to serve the world, ask the world what they receive from you, right? It goes all the way back full circle to what we were talking about at the beginning is like, how do you show up to serve? How are people receiving from you today? What's that gift? What's that medicine? And then actually applying it. And when you have doubt, when you have fear, get reminded, right? Like lean into mm. the people who love you and the people who see you and know you and ask. So just the other day, we were we were like all paused. We were in the middle of playing like cards and taking care of the dogs and all this. And Gary sits down on the floor and he's like, hey, 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 let's everybody go around and give affirmations to one another. What do you love about that person? What are they good at? And so making eye contact is the hardest thing for four, five, six, seven, eight year olds, right? <laughs> yeah, Especially yeah. when they're not used to saying something so kind and actually having to process something of not just in the moment what you're good at, but like as a whole, as a human, what are you good at? And to mm-hmm. hear the little things that they were saying, the reason I brought this up is because my daughter, her affirmation to me often is you're good at entrepreneuing. No, <laughs> I, like, I don't correct her because it's the cutest thing ever. Yeah. And I'm always like, thank you, baby. But like teaching them, what does that mean? And you're good mm. at entrepreneuring too, right? <laughs> and so it's just, it's really fun to like make these little practices, not just something that happens as you raise tiny humans, but as you raise yourself, right? Like treat yourself well, get those affirmations from people. Mm. It was interesting as a group of adults at the podcasting retreat, um, everyone was writing down on sticky notes what their brand representation looked like, whether it was a color, whether it was a feeling. Um, We know that brand is what people say about you when you leave the room, not just your logo or font type. And Mm. so I gave them stacks of sticky notes and I said, I want you to use every single one. Well, I didn't Mm. count out how many everybody had. I just kind of like peeled back the sticky notes and placed it in the thing. And I'm watching people and some people are done and they have like 15. And then there's this one guy, Anthony Hart, who is Morgan, you know, Morgan's husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 
was like, I think I had way more than everybody else. He was like struggling, trying to affirm himself or call out what his his persona is. And Mm -hmm. instead of having everybody go around the circle and tell me what they wrote down, I said, okay, well, now you're in a room with eight strangers. And for the most part, all of them didn't know each other. I would say maybe half and half. And we're going to go around and we're going to let with just the hour and a half impression that you've given them since you've met them, affirm you and see if what you wrote down is the brand that you believe yourself to have. Mm-hmm. Totally off the cuff made this up, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. the activity at all. It was just like felt prompted to say, hey, don't talk about yourself. Let's let somebody else love on you for a minute. Yeah. And so to see these little sticky notes be picked up as they were getting these words of affirmation from seemingly strangers was just this beautiful representation and reminder of the energy we bring to a room, the natural gifts and talents that we have, and the way that we are giving people medicine, even without trying, right? Mm -hmm. This is what activating a business can look like. It can be effortless and fun and a part of who you are. And then we can create cool language and you can come in and build up the dreams and the process road mapping from there. Um, but mm. I just felt led to share it. So I think it'd be a fun activity even for you with like team exercises and team building that you do. That's so cool. I love, I'm sure it was God inspired. Cause I was like, that's a, such a fun exercise. Yeah. It, and you said it's effortless. Like the things that you're giving to the room and to the other people, it's effortless. And I think those are clues that you can follow when you're looking for like, Hey, I'm trying to figure out like, what, what do I Like, what am I even supposed to be doing? I know I want to try this business thing. What does that look like for me? What do I offer people? You know, what's my offer? What's my offer? That's the whole thing, you know, it's it's a whole thing. But it's like, that's a clue. I think that, I think that we have clues around us and what is something that comes so effortlessly to you that you get tons of feedback on. And, and if you don't get a lot of feedback, go seek it out. Like ask people, do do the work to ask people like, Hey, when you interact with me, what are some things that really stand out that you feel like, you know, I do really well. And it'll, I think you'll find some common threads that, and it's funny because I've wrestled with this for like some months now, because I come from this like very like, well, my whole family is in construction and always like worked like, like physical labor, yeah, right? Yeah. Like Midwest blue collar, sure. like this is yeah. like for generations this is what they did. So for me to say, oh, let me take a step back from work and think through what I offer the world and build a business around something that is seemingly so natural and easy. And this concept of like, oh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. That was in itself a hurdle to jump over. Like, yeah, am I? Good. Am I entitled? Am I like, is this too good to be true? Like, who am I to think that I can go do this and, and stop, you know, going to my like actual job and do this for work? Like, this is not where I come from. This is not what I do. This is not normal. And I have found that there are some like entrepreneurs in my family, but not in the way, not in this like thought leadership space. It's very like, you know, my mom had an aerobics business, super cool, cool. It was very 80s, like neon pink and yellow. And my dad always had his construction company. So entrepreneurs, but in a very different yeah. way. So for yeah. me to say, hey, you'll 
you'll hire me for the way that I think and the way that I lead you. And my mind is like, whoa, you gotta, you gotta come over some stuff if you haven't yes. seen that done before. Yeah, and you have to know valuation of it. Yeah, and the Jesus money. said, like. Yeah go like yeah. did you did you hear jesus because you're gonna come up against a ton of self-doubt and it's it's real loud some days <laughs> mm, so good and you're yeah. so right and i think that again it goes back to everything that you offer everything that we were talking about at the forefront it's like it all goes back to support and none of us can do what we do without support whether that's support of our spouse or our families or whether that's support of strangers that just see us really well um mm. it have to show up. And you said something earlier that I didn't take note of, but I did mentally is this knowing that like, we have to be bold in the way that we show up, whether it's in social media or when we're walking into the room to share with people what it is that we can serve them with. Um, sometimes it is just a presence. Sometimes it is just an energy and it's just this the na natural thing. But if there is not a tie to how you can exchange value with someone they're just going to leave your presence perhaps more full and that in and of itself is a gift, but they're not going to remember you for what it exactly is that they could come back to knock on your door or send you an email about since we don't do those things anymore, knocking on doors. Um, but they can't, they can't touch base with you and say, Oh gosh, I actually know someone, whether it's for them or it's for someone else. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of my favorite things to do. It's not asking people what they do. It's asking people what they're passionate about. And if there is not symmetry to how you show up and be every day, how you mm. be and do, then I would have you explore to say that there's more out of life that you have yet to tap into. And that doesn't mean that not being an entrepreneur, it means that you have to start a business to explore your passion and to be and show up in your passion. I believe in doctors. I believe in, you know, the mm. nurses. I believe in the admins of those hospitals. Um, mm. But I really do believe that there is a connection point to their zone of genius and the way that they thrive personally. And it will serve them in the way that they thrive professionally without a sense of depletion or a have to show up to work. It's mm. the I get to show up to work mentality. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so good. good. Yeah. Well, y'all, we are following into this hour <laughs> episode. I've been trying really hard. I told the team, I'm like, I, I know that you guys want me to say like 35 to 40 minutes. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> good. So I'm grateful that I got to spend this time with you. Thanks yeah. to everyone who's listening in live. And I want everyone to know where to find you, where that you can serve them, how they can show up and connect with you. Obviously, Brittany Stinson in Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and BrittanyStinson.com, right? Yeah, BrittanyAStinson.com. Stinson. Yep. Good stuff. Yep. Well, you guys got all the links. Be sure to send her a message and follow along on the journey of all things motherhood, wife, life, and entrepreneurship because she is all of herself all the time. And I love that about you, Brittany. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Thank you. Chat soon. Hey, y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. 
We're totally in this together and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts and facts and this will be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.